And we're back again. The quarter season special NBA check-in with our resident NBA expert, um, all things basketball expert, really, uh, Brian Hoy. Thanks, Brian. Uh, welcome back, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me again. It's it's nice. Thanks for coming back. This is uh, it's like these little we slice these up throughout the year and we get these like quarter poll updates. I was just saying in the where are we tonight? Gibby, we were in the back room, green room. We're, we didn't spend a ton of time in the green room um, or backstage because I think we're just ready to roll. We I are. Do you, do you, in your mind, do you have a certain vibe for each of those rooms or are you just plucking one of them out of the air at, at random? It's a good question. I think the green room is more like if I'm filming, if we're filming like a a, a major movie, a major motion picture. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. We do a lot of that. You know, if I'm ready to go out and perform, um, okay. You know, <laughs> Back, backstage is a casual night at the House of Blues where you're yeah. plugged in. You're plugged in, obviously. You wouldn't be there without it. Um, okay, so whatever room we were in before this, I was telling yeah. Brian, I there's there's a there's some stuff that I've just been missing. So it's nice to get these little check ins from someone who is locked in on it when I admittedly am not quite yet locked in on the NBA. So this is good. I'm excited. It's it's great. Um, I do want to get into the NCAA because I had I looked this morning um, and I have some real serious questions about the top 25. It's ugly. Um, it is and, gross. And uh, so anyway, um, before we get into that, like we're going to indulge ourselves a little bit. We're all Celtics fans here, um, which is rare for me as, as a as a team that or as a as a fan of a football team that can't seem to figure out how to score more than 14 points um in a game i mean 10 would be nice too uh-huh, but yeah. um it's nice to indulge with other people that that are uh fans of of the same ilk so uh brian are you as excited as i am about the celtic season and i have some specific questions to go through too uh yeah i mean I'm kind of in the camp where I, I like, this is what I expected. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I, I think yeah. a lot of people are kind of like, Oh geez, man, where they're coming on. Like I totally expected them to be this good. Um, I think if you look over the last like 60 games, they're like 49 and 11 and yeah. they're all yeah. their like advanced stats are just like off the charts, like well off the yeah. chart that they're the best team in basketball over that stretch. So um little bit disappointed that their defense hasn't been great without yeah. Robert Williams, but I mean, Fair. the offense is just, you, you can't stop them. So. And the defense is middle of the pack right now. And I think we, you just said it. And I agree from the, from the games I've seen, it's not great. I think they're just, they're just scoring because they can, but if the defense is middle of the pack and they build up this propensity to be able to score when it matters, which, you know, it's different seasons, right? There's the beginning of the year and then there's sort of a middle and then there's the playoffs and that's what really matters. If the defense is middle of the pack and they get robbed back, it's got to be a top 10 defense to pair with what is right now the best offense in basketball. That's not a bad combo. So, But I agree. The defense has been a little spotty. What do you attribute that to? Do you have any idea why? Um, I think part of it is that they're scoring so much and so easily that they're not really all that locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of it, too, is it, like you can't play defense at that level for 82 games and expect to be healthy come playoffs. So I think they're, they're kind of coasting a little bit, even though they're, they're blowing teams out left and right. I think they've started to realize like, we don't have to play hard every possession to, you know, to, to be the best team to win. Wins a win. Yeah. Wins a win, whether it's by one point or 12. Right. 
Yeah, and it, it kind of reminds me of like when the Celtics were terrible and the Spurs were really good. Mm-hmm. The Celtics would like hang with the Spurs and you get to the fourth quarter and be like, all right, we're going to beat the Spurs. And then, you know, five possessions later, you're down by 20 and you're like, what the hell happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just go on a burst. That's right, because they have so many weapons right now. There's just so many guys that can score. You satisfied with Missoula so far? You feel like he's running a pretty good operation yeah. on the whole? Yeah, I do. I, I think it's. I think it's just in the NBA, it's just about getting guys to buy in and they seem to all be having fun and stuff like yeah. that. I don't think the X's and O's play that big of a deal at that level because it's no. all kind of the same for everybody. But, um, you know, I think everybody seems to be on the same page and having fun. And, you know, they really, it looks like they're enjoying themselves a lot, yeah. which I know obviously if you're winning that, but yeah. Um, they seem to like to play with each other. Like yeah. you can, you can tell. And, and that like ball movement, doesn't happen by accident. Like you, you have to enjoy playing with someone else on the same court, but you mentioned like, you kind of expected this. Um, I'm going to let you take a victory lap, Brian. Uh, if you're, if you're willing, um, back in like 2019, was that the Kawhi trade from San Antonio to Toronto? Yeah, I think so. Probably. Um, and I'm like, we got to get Kawhi. And everyone, the, the previous draft was like, Trade Jalen Brown for Paul George. (laughs) Back in 2019, you're like, listen, um, Jalen Brown is going to be better than Paul George. And (laughs) Jason Tatum is going to be better than Kawhi. So uh, 2019. Yep. This is, I mean, and and you were spot on. Like, I, I don't know why anyone is like, I'm looking at these like trade rumors now and now it's Yaka Pertle. Like how do we find a way to get Yaka Pertle or some more center depth or whatever. But like, is this the end of this like trade rumor stuff going on with uh, obviously Tatum's untradeable. He's probably the best player in the NBA right now, but with Brown or with smart, like is there any, anything out there that, that, you've seen or that you've heard that like makes any sense whatsoever. There's some weird grant rumors out there too. I don't, maybe because of the contract, they don't think they can fit them in and they're trying to get something. I don't know. What, what do you think about that one too? Well, I mean, I think first off, I think probably the thing I'm most excited about this year about the Celtics is that we put to bed a lot of those conversations. Like yeah, Jalen and Jason can't play together. Yeah. I don't think that's true. You know, yeah. like, the, it, Marcus Smart's not a good point guard. Yeah, I think we've that, that one. You know that that ship sailed. Um, yeah, the <laughs> Gibby Gibby with a visible fist pump. Just for the listeners, I'll take it to that medium, just so everybody knows. Um, I think in terms of trades, like, I, I mean, I, do do you need to make a trade? Like, like they're gonna play eight guys in the playoffs, and you're not really going to get better eight guys than who they have right now. I mean, assuming they're healthy. Um, If you need to go to nine, you know, you're bringing in Hauser, which is like, okay, you know, we need a shooter. You know, that's fine. Um, Are you including uh, Griffin in that, in that eight or no? No, 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 no. No, It'd be the, you know, the starting five with Rob, um, Grant, Derek White and uh, Brogdon. Brogdon. Yeah. Yeah. Horford, whoever's starting, you know. Yeah. Um, yep. But I mean, you have you, in that group of eight, you've got you've got two bona fide all stars, two borderline all stars, and four guys who are like that next level down. You know, so who who's playing eight guys that good? You know, nobody is. 
Right. Uh, no. And the and the thing that I you know, I think when you talk about some of these rumors, they're like you know this summer it was Dwight Howard, and and you know some of these big guys. It's like, have people not realized that Brad Stevens is just not going to bring in a big that can't shoot, dribble, switch like. Never they're, gonna just, they're just not going to do that. And and yeah. so you look at their roster and it's like, not only do they have eight really good players, but they have eight guys who can kind of play all over the floor, handle the ball. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, what, what do you do to stop them? You know? Um, yeah. That was the best part of that Brogdon deal. And I'd like to, I mean, hopefully there's a, there's a load management uh, quotient to, to how they use him moving forward. Cause again, to your point earlier, we don't, we don't need him for all, like he's played 20 of their 23 games so far. I'd like to see them get him some some breaks. I don't really think we need to see him for more than like 50, 55, 60 games tops in the regular season because the element he brings, to your point, in the postseason is not only another shooter, but another contributor, another ball handler, another guy they can trust the ball with when, and they can mix and match these guys and get them a breather because they lost to the Warriors because Tatum wasn't healthy and he was very tired. And so there was just no yeah. way for him to come back from that. And he's their best player. How are you going to make up for that? You know, so... Yeah, I like I like the balance so far. They got a lot of wings. They're dangerous. Yeah, um, and and I think you know, there's no real matchup to exploit. And I think that was one of the things. Like as much as I I, I like Pritchard, but like he can't play in a playoff series. They just no. pick on him. You know? Pick on him. And I, I I honestly think like with Gallinari, like everyone thought that was such a big loss. Like I don't think Gallinari would have played more than five minutes in a playoff. He doesn't play any defense either. No, it, and and really, like, they don't need it. Clearly, they don't need his offense. And no, I think right. if you look at what they wanted him to do, like, Hauser's just a better version of what they wanted him to do. Yep. So, you know. Yep. Yep. And Cornette's uh, been serviceable. Yeah, it's good. Yep. Sorry, Gibby, go ahead. No, no. I was gonna, As you brought up Cornette, I was just thinking about, like, how much Scal loves Cornette. Like, he can't get over him. Um, it's, it's incredible. And Cornette's been really good. Like, I, I'm not you know, um, crapping on Luke Cornett here. Uh, and I love the block. Are you teaching your, uh, your high school team to do like the, the Luke Cornett block attempt from the, yeah. I mean, it, I would, if, uh, you know, <laughs> you everyone could get up that high, you know, they're, they're not really playing above the rim at seven, two from the block, but, um, <laughs> my, my brother and I were actually talking about this the other night. Guys are shooting twenty five percent against the Cornet contest on the season. <laughs> the and that's wow. That's like compared to like a wide open three. That's like half the percentage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you should be shooting like 60 percent on wide open threes. And with the Cornet contest, it's twenty five percent. It's only on like twelve shots, I think, or something like that. They're like, you know, they're Fine. three for twelve, but that's pretty significant. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, i'm I'm in for it i i just don't necessarily want to see it like in the playoffs no no <laughs> good stuff <laughs> you know no but, but we shouldn't hopefully we don't get to that point that would be no good if, so, if he comes into the playoffs it's to punch draymond green and that's about uh-huh. the only reason to put him in like <laughs> what are they even what are they doing out there are the warriors do we feel like that team is basically the same team and we're we're heading we're a collision course you know anything can happen Let's just say, like, are they still kind of firing all cylinders out there, or what have they been up to? Um, I don't think they haven't been great. Um, they're kind of, I think they're hanging around like a little bit above five hundred, maybe right now. But it's just it's, it's so early. Like the first quarter of the season it usually takes a while to kind of have teams shake out, and you know it's like the like I think the Lakers were in like 
like they had the worst record in the league and they've just won seven to 10 or something like that. So, yeah. you know, those teams after the first quarter, you'll start to see it shake out to be what it should be, you know, um, and what you, what you would expect it to be, I guess. Do you Makes think there, there are any like sleeping giants out there um, in terms of rankings that are like, I was looking at the, the NBA standings earlier today that, like, uh-oh, like, uh, I know you, I know your feelings about James Harden um, that are not positive, but, um, like, teams that might be getting a guy back or that, gosh, you know, they're, they're about to go on a run or once they get comfortable, and that might be the Warriors, like, that, that might be, like, all of a sudden they pop up. I know Denver lost, um, <laughs> pun intended, um, like, three of their last five games, but like they're, they're going to get right back into the mix at the top of the West. I think that's kind of a crap shoot. Yeah. Dallas. Dallas, Dallas is like, they're, they're 500 right now. And they're one of the best teams in the West, I would say. Um, but, you know, I think the other thing that, that could really change some things is like the Lakers could go one way or the other. Yeah. In terms of what they do, like they, they could, ship out Anthony Davis tomorrow and like send him to Brooklyn. And all of a sudden Brooklyn's the best team by a long way, you know, should be yeah. the best team by a long ways, but it, it, and there, and then Russell Westbrook could bring them back. It, it could go the opposite where like they ship Westbrook out and get back. You know, I think, I think I saw a proposal where like Westbrook went to Chicago for DeMar DeRozan and uh, Vucevic. So it's like if the Lakers all of a sudden get those two guys, instead of Russell Westbrook, they could be, you know, like there, there's a lot of like what they, what hinges on what they do could change kind of who's at the top um, quite a bit. But um, I think there's like the Clippers, you know, I could see the Clippers going on a pretty good run. um, If Kawhi can ever play basketball again. Um, And then certainly like, you know, you look at teams like Sacramento's up there. I I don't think they hold. Yeah. I mean, I don't, Sacramento can really hold that high. Um, Indiana's another team. They're above 500. I, I just don't see that happen. No. Like, you know, I, I don't see them sustaining that. But um, most of the most of the teams, if you look at the playoff picture in both sides, really the only team that's outside of the playoff picture in the East that you'd think would be in it is Chicago. And mm-hmm. in the West, you got Minnesota and the Lakers. Um those are the two team, the only two teams that you'd think would be in it that aren't. Um, but otherwise, it's starting to like shake out a little bit. You know, um, Phoenix is kind of heading out, heading towards the top. New Orleans is really good. Yeah, uh, they're really surprising. And I think last time I was on the show, I said I didn't believe in Cleveland, and Cleveland's really good. <laughs> yeah, they got that guard lineup going. I think when we last talked to you, I was pretty high on Minnesota. I had them pegged as a team that was going to going to do some stuff and they're scoring but they're not playing any defense and they're not scoring enough to offset it so they've been they're like a 500 team right now but kind of feels like they should be a little bit better maybe that combo of gobert and towns doesn't really do much for you though in this day and age of basketball well cat's out for a little bit right is he out he's been out for a couple weeks now i think or a week and a half and i think he comes back probably right around the new year yeah Um, yeah that's what they're targeting um so them you know Seems like a team that could sneak into like the six, seven spot um, because the West seems super wide open. Um, it, about like Cleveland, um, you mentioned them. 
is there anyone that scares you in the East? Like as a Celtics fan that, uh Oh, like, I don't want that matchup. Um, or, you know, Milwaukee's always going to be good. Right. And you never I got, I got an answer to this and it reared. Yeah, its head. I'm curious. Both, both of you guys. I have an answer to this because, so I looked down the list of teams, right? Like Milwaukee, I think they're always just going to match up well with them. I'm not super worried about that. Um, Cleveland, good team balanced, but I don't think they've got, they don't have the guys to like get you buckets when you really, really need them. Like Donovan Mitchell can be taken out of games. He's a good regular season player. Sixers. I don't worry about because Harden stinks and MB just doesn't play very well against the Celts anyway. But the team that always worries me for whatever reason is Toronto. They just always seem to have their number. There's something about the way that team plays and the matchups. Like they always have, they had it last week. They've been rolling teams and they just, I know it's a regular season and who cares, but they could, they just can't figure out Toronto. So that's a team I hope they avoid because you know, they're going to be like a six, five seed. Like they always are. I want to stay away from them if we can. Well, you just Toronto's beating them right now. Oh, so there we go. Yeah, it's well, just never I ends. Gave away my, my <laughs> Thank you for not telling me the score and what time the game is. I like to pause it until. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, well, to. I mean, I was just watching the pregame before we came on, and and like I think they really nailed two things, like. Toronto scores the most points in the league off turnovers, which turnovers are an issue for us. Yeah. Yeah. And Toronto has the most second chance points, which defensive rebounding is an issue for us. So they kind of, you know, their two strong points are our two weak points. So that's not really the type of team you want to play. And um, yeah. they also have such good length defensively that they just, they can cover when you move the ball well against them, they can kind of cover up because they're so big. So yeah. that's just a tough matchup for us. Yeah. Barnes is one of those guys that even if he's not scoring, you can make an impact just by locking somebody down because he's, he's like Gumby out there. Yeah. They worry me. I'd like to say you want, you want, you ideally want them to get beat before you have to face them. You want Milwaukee or somebody to take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. The thing like in, in, this is, you know, probably a little bit presumptive, but like, I just want to stay away from like six, seven game series early in the playoffs after what we saw last year. Like it's it's, um, early to have that conversation because health and luck play into it. But um, um, so I was watching the heat Celtics, like that little two game series, which I love. Like, I love the fact that they played Wednesday night, they played Friday night and there was a little bit of a playoff vibe um going on because you know two teams see each other back-to-back night or not back-to-back nights but back-to-back games um and something that came out getting back to the celtics like the two three zone um that they seem to struggle with a little bit maybe it was uh, scal talked about like the active hands with miami and they're always going to play good defense they're super well coached but like it, what's the best way as a casual fan watching, like when someone's going two, three zone on you left and right to beat that and to, you know, compete against that at the NBA level. And maybe it's different at the college level. Is it just great shooting? Um, movement, ball movement and shooting. Yeah. I, I think you have to, you know, you know, I think there's, you have to attack behind the zone. And I think that's hard to do in the NBA because, Guys are just so big and athletic like that. Yeah. You know, if you can get the ball into that dunker spot and you have a good pass, like Horford should be able to kill 
two, three zones from that dunker spot. Um, same with Rob Williams. They're both really good passers. Um, but getting it like we, we call it the invert position. And so when you get it in that invert position, it kind of turns the whole defense around. You can really cut through their zone off of that. Um, and really just kind of like if you can get that rotation on the perimeter, um, you know, that quick ball, ball reversal, ball swing um, and attack some of the gaps in the zone. But it seems like with with Miami, they're just like, yeah, I mean, that's the other team Bam that worries Bio, me. Bam just covers the middle so well. And Jimmy Butler yeah. is such a good perimeter defender. And like, you know, Lowry's a good perimeter defender that it's it's hard to really do those things against them. Yeah, they might scare me a little bit more than Toronto, to be honest, now that I'm thinking about it. It's Butler. He's undead. You just, you can't, he's going to get points and he's not going to miss. He plays every minute. He's brutal. He's like, no, I was going to make a Broncos joke, Gibby, but I'm not going to. It's okay. I'm not going to go over sports. That's a low blow. So I'm (laughs) going to, I'm going to pull back on it. It's okay. (laughs) Um, Lowry's like hands, the way he like runs really. Uh, He's just a fat little broker. He's such a pudgy little jerk. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that, that trade is coming back to bite them though, because it's like, if if you're going to make a trade for a guy like Kyle Lowry, that better put you over the top. And that didn't put him over the top at all. Yeah. Um, we, we were talking the other night about Miami and everyone talks about what a great GM Pat Riley is. And it's like, I don't know, man, like he kind of just, he signed a lot of really bad contracts like yeah. Kelly Olenek, Tyler Johnson, uh, Duncan Robinson, uh, yep. Jason, uh, is it not Jason Richardson, uh, Josh Richardson, yep. like all those guys. It's like, we signed them to these big deals and it's like, you find, you find them, you know, and that's great, but they're all role players. You can't give them like 18, 15 million. Like that's just going to kill you in the long run. And he's been kind of bailed out because he's been able to put together some packages to get guys, you know, Jimmy Butler and get some of these guys. But, um, you know, it's, it, he gives a lot of really bad deals. Um, yeah. Well, and if you're 32 with a ton of money, like, and you want to sign a veteran minimum contract, where else would you want to go? Like, than live in yeah. Miami um, during the tax winter free. month? Tax free. Um, yeah, and tax free. Um, so, um, speaking of Kyle Lowry, who's like creeping up my uh, least favorite players, like the Paul O'Neill. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, he's in the pantheon for sure. He's brutal. I don't even think I'd like him if he was on my team. I I think I might, you know, but um uh, but like those years in Toronto when he would always hit one of those daggers, whether it was the playoffs and whether they uh, won the series or not, but like forced game six or whatever it was. Uh Brian, what what are your like two or three pantheon like I can't stand this guy, even though I know he's kind of good. Maybe all star level, maybe right behind that, um, playing right now. And not, um, maybe I mean, not superstar, not like the LeBrons. Like it's, you know. Okay, so I can't say Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> he's everybody's. Just like just like Alex is is uh, America's best friend. Kyrie is basically everybody's most hated neighbor. Uh, all right. Uh, Oof, that's a tough question. Um, geez. Uh, get, let me think about that for a minute here. Okay. That, that kind of came mm-hmm. out of nowhere. I got to think about that. I know. I know. Yeah. I didn't even prep you on it. I just, as we were thinking of Kyle Lowry, he made the list for me. Um, 
I've got another one for you that you might have to think about. So guys that are like playing off the bench or, or they might be starters on like the Knicks or on Utah or like whoever it might be um, that you see a breakout coming from like that, you know, could maybe not, maybe they're not all stars in the first half of the year, but if there was a end of the year, all-star team, not like the all NBA team, but end of the year type of like this guy would get a lot of consideration. Um, it seems like Phoenix has those guys every single year that pop out of nowhere. Is there anyone like across the NBA that it's like this guy, just watch out for him in the second half. He's kind of biding time a little bit. Are you, are you fishing for Udonis Haslam love? Is that kind of where <laughs> I was trying to get <laughs> trying to say Udonis Haslam. <laughs> I mean, Udonis Haslam might be my least favorite player. That's fine. That's fine. He's the ball field. We're aligned. We're aligned. He's the worst. Go somewhere else, dude. Do something different. This is embarrassing. Well, like, give give your spot to someone who can play. Yeah. Like, my God. Um, There's a lot of young basketball players out there. Let him, let him, give him a chance. Yeah. I strongly dislike uh, Kelly Oubre, too. He's, yeah. he's up there. I, I don't like him um, for whatever he, reason. He's got a little – you know why? I bet I know why you don't like him. He's got a little Nick Young, aloof, like kind of feels like he thinks he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't realize that he's not playing the same game as everybody else. So you as a coach, you hate that, right? He's not a team player. You don't want that guy. He's not going to be a part of any championship teams oh, if he's playing significant and he, minutes. And he kills us all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like oddly he kills the Celtics. Well, that, yeah. that wizard series um, – so my son was born on like game five, I think of the Celtics wizard series to get to the Eastern conference finals. Yeah. And uh, that was the game that Kelly Oubre went after Kelly Olenek. Um, and like, yeah. about yeah. so I'm with you. Um, Kelly Oubre, Udonis Haslam. I hope you enjoy your time in Oklahoma city when they rebuild for the 55th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Presty's still stacking picks he'll never use. Yeah. I have a I have a guy that I'm actually so Brian. I'm curious your take on him. I don't know if he qualifies for Gibby's you know breakout later in the season, but the team's playing pretty well. I haven't been paying much attention to Anthony Simmons, but he can play. I like watching him a lot. He's uh, I think he's probably already broken out. I mean, he's I think he's like top twenty in the player efficiency rater, and he's obviously averaging like twenty four a game. But I kind of feel like he exploded out of nowhere already. But he's um I'm curious what you think about Portland and him and him in particular. Yeah, I mean he's a really good player. I, re- I remember watching him um play in high school. I watched some of his high school games before he got drafted. Um because he was he was straight out of did he go high school G League and then he I did high so. school. Yep. Yeah. And um he was he's just a really good scorer. Um and I think it's a weird match with Lillard. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, he, Lillard can't really stay healthy. So it's kind of, you know, been, been mostly, um, Simmons. So, yeah. uh, he's, he's, he's definitely a guy that like, like in that Jordan pool where it's like, yeah. if he goes out on his own, is he going to have the same success or is he kind of, you know, because he's in that backup role kind of accelerating. Um, yeah, you know, and I was like thinking of, Mike's question, um, you know, I I, I kind of go with like the the guy from Memphis that the Celtics drafted. Um Bain? Bain. Bain. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think he's the type of guy that could have that like 
okay, he's literally like he's a 20, 20 point a game guy, um, where now it's kind of sporadic. Um, I also think if you go up to, um, uh, like if you look through, uh, Utah's roster, like they have a lot of guys that can go one, could go one way or the other. Like I, I know, like, um, Laurie Markinen's been fantastic yep. so far here. And it's like, he could earn like that first half all-star and then be like complete downside on the, on the second half. Um, whereas a guy like, I, I don't know if this qualifies for your question, but like, yeah, yeah. Z- Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, like those mm-hmm. guys are going to be, I think by the end of the year, bona fide all-stars. I don't know if they're all-stars at the all-star break. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, think yeah. they'll, yeah. Um, and, and Jamal Murray's another one that like, once he gets fully healthy and back into it, I think he's going to be a pretty solid player, um, in the second half of the year. So, yeah, that combo always works. Jokic is number one in efficiency by a mile again. Like he's just yeah. wildly efficient. Are the, are the thunder really going to waste shy Gilgis career on us? Are we just going to, we going to be like, we're going to get little highlights from him league pass highlights and they're never going to do anything. We're not going to hear from him. He's so good. I, I don't know what they're, I honestly have no idea what they're trying to do. I, I don't know. What does it, do you know when his contract is up? I'll look. Um, he, he was a first him? round pick in 2018. So he's got to be creeping up at the end I of would, his rookie yes. deal. Right. Well, I, I think they extended him. Oh, yeah. did they? Okay. Yeah. I think he's so, through 2026 or 2027. Oh, that's a yeah. shame. But yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he is he's the most logical because he's not going to fit their rebuild, yeah. like you know Chet Holmgren's timeline and whoever they draft with their 17 picks this year and yeah, one else. So like, well, I think, but I think your point about Bain, honestly, Brian, like, is really good. Like he he reminds me of someone that could maybe is he eventually like Chris Middleton that it was kind of under our eyes for a yeah. little. And then turns into the second best guy on a really good team, like on a top four team in the conference. So, oh, and the Celts gave him away too. That hurts. But would he have had the opportunity? Right? Yeah, like, that's, that's what fair. I always think about. That's like, fair. Is he ever going to see the floor? Um, yep. Yep. That's fair. Um, before we let you go, Brian. Um, we've, we've been pinging you with questions. I know nothing about NCAA basketball. I looked this morning. I saw Houston was number one, but then I saw wins against like Oral Roberts. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, they got a guy. Oral Roberts has a guy. He can score. His name's Max. Max <laughs> Abram. He, he lights it up. And then I saw like, I'm looking for UNC, for Duke and Terrible. Kentucky, like the stables. And they're all like 19 through 21 or somewhere in that range. Um, Texas is up there, et cetera, like teams you expect. But like, is Houston for real? Is this like, are we going to see a Houston, Baylor, Texas Final Four? Like, is this Texas football turning into basketball? UConn. UConn's back too. Oh, nice. Houston, um, they're... Like their basketball team's been pretty solid the past couple years. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to look right now to see who the guy is that's on their team because they have a guy on the team that's that's legit, and I can't. Sasser. Think of his name. Is, is that it Sa- is that what it is? It's either Sasser it's, or Roberts, I think. Right. 
get Sasser. Yeah, he, he plays like 31 good. minutes a game for them too. Yeah. Um, I think there's – with this national – like the NIL, NIL is that – NIL. Yep. yep. Yeah. The, it's weird because in football, like it seems like that's benefiting the top programs. Because it's like all those guys are going to the top programs and now they're getting paid by the top programs. In basketball, it feels like – because I, I don't, I think it's hard to get noticed on a football field as an individual. Yeah. So yeah. like when you go to Alabama, it's like you're in the limelight because you're in Alabama. You get noticed because you're at Alabama. In college basketball, like you can go anywhere and have that notoriety as like the number one guy. And so I think with the NIL deal, the the top teams aren't paying as much anymore. You know, like they're not paying. Much more they now. were. Like, yeah, yeah. Of course they were. Yeah. Like, let's let's be honest. Like they're. Yeah, yeah. Of course they were paying. You know, like Kentucky was getting those guys because they were paying the best. Not know? Coach Cal. No, never. Oh yeah, yeah. Not him. But you know, those guys were getting the best guys because they were getting they were paying the best. Yeah. And now, like, I think they can get paid kind of anywhere. So they're trying to go maybe like stay close to home or like play with like team up, play with their buddies, whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, and. Because they're only going to do a year if they're good enough, right? They don't care. Yeah. Although, isn't the NBA yeah. thinking about maybe backtracking now and making them stay for a couple? Or is that just all their rumors? Is that not real? Have you heard anything I, on that? I thought they were going the other way where they were going to let them come out of high school. Again. Oh, sorry. Yes, you're right. Back the other way. Back to the old days. Okay. That's fine. Um, because, it, but I mean, I, I, I think, I don't know. I just think that's happening. And, and it's also kind of funny, too, because a lot of the top teams were going after the one and done guys. And there's a couple mm-hmm. teams that didn't like, like Duke clearly went after the one and done guys. And um, yep. obviously Kentucky went after the one and done guys, but I feel like Kansas and North Carolina, especially really kind of focused on getting guys that maybe weren't the top prospect, but we're going to be there for a couple of years. Yeah. And it seems to have worked out for both those teams though. Carolina absolutely is, is terrible this year. Like the fact that they were the preseason number one is embarrassing. Yeah, um, they're just not good, and they're getting exposed. Bad. I mean, I think they've lost four in a row. Or three. yeah, and they did this last year too. They they started terribly, and then they went on that run. But it's a different team. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same four starters, and they just have they have um, Nance instead of Manic, but mm-hmm. they have no depth. Like I was looking, they're playing like College of Charleston. They won by eight points, and their starters all played thirty four minutes out of forty. And I'm just like, what? What are you doing? Like, get the bench in against these teams. Like, you're you're killing me here. Um, and as a huge Carolina fan, I I can't even watch them at this point. They're just not. They're just not good. Like, yeah, I don't see a dominant team yet. I mean, it's early. We're at the we're at the third. We're a third way yeah. through the season. But and Purdue's got that team this year with the big guy who does one thing really well, and nobody's be able to defend it. But they don't really have a lot of shooting around them. So there's like not there isn't like a dominant. You're right. There, it, we're we're not looking at like one team that you look at that you're like they've got a bunch of guys and I'm worried about them. It could be fun. Right. It could make for a fun tournament. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like that's in in college ball. It seemed to like 
starting to favor the older guys again, mm-hmm. where it's not, you know, it used to be like the young guys came in, the one and dones, and now it seems to go back to like, yeah, the 23-year-old senior that's played for, you know, played football for two years and then went, switched to basketball, you know? Yeah. Um, Lawrence Funderburg, who played for seven years at Ohio State. I swear, I remember him when I was like eight. Was. And then I saw him again when I was 13. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy I, still played for Ohio State. I learned today that Jamal Mashburn's kid is playing at New Mexico, and he's part of a three-headed monster out there averaging 17 points a game and they're just rolling teams patino's coaching them keep an eye on the lobos they're doing oh. some stuff we just need as long as rick is involved <laughs> <laughs> no no <laughs> rick's out mike, through that door <laughs> mike miller's son is playing college basketball right now and like absolutely lights it up like to say like just a- absolute knockdown shooter i can't remember what team he's on but I caught a game the other day that he was playing and Creighton. like just huh? Creighton. Creighton, yeah. Just yep. lights out shooter. Yeah, that makes sense. God, he he used to be able to just he was devastating in the corner. He was like Corver in his in his prime. If you saw him open in the corner against your squad game, there's just you know what's coming. They just they don't miss those shots. It's crazy. It's fun to be old enough now that I feel uh-huh. like my dad like Talking about like, oh yeah, that's Rick Barry's kid. Applecheck <laughs> <laughs> used to be able to get in the paint at will. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, thank you, Brian. We've got more questions um, that need to be answered. I'll give you prep next time. We just we hammered you with like twenty. Like, think of this on the fly. Crushed it as um, always, so though. My apologies, but you were on your toes and. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate the Celtics talk and and across the NBA. We needed it because I think the only games I watch, I haven't seen like more than half the league um, only watching the Celtics and Mike Gorman and Scal. And that's where I get 90% of my basketball information. So I appreciate you filling in and taking over 20% of that uh, world for us. Um, We're back later on the week. Uh, maybe we'll we'll make some money on our FanDuel lineup. Um, no guarantees. Nothing, nothing guaranteed. I'll probably have to cut Brian a check for the uh, <laughs> our fantasy keeper league at some point too. But, um, please, please do. Is that the uh, one Alex is in too? Oh yeah, he's uh, Brian. Oh, beautiful. It's like the Bengals Chiefs scenario. Beautiful. Um, I can't wait. We'll bring that up at some point. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um anyway thank you gentlemen uh thank you all for listening for this special edition of the quarter mark of the nba season and our basketball catch-up episode see you in a quarter